Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair. I'm the Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And I'm so glad that you joined us here. Uh, I am joined today by Reagan McCullough, and she's going to share a little bit about the physical connection between the mind and the body. And I know that you're going to enjoy what she has to say. Remember, we're in the middle of our series on stress and anxiety. And as a leader, that's just part of the job. We'd love to be able to free ourselves of stress and anxiety but that's not gonna happen. So as we've gone through, we've had different strategies from breathing to physical environment and focusing on that instead of the thoughts in our head. And today we're gonna talk about anxiety and stress and how we can use exercise and health to address it. So Reagan, thanks for joining me. Um, And I just think that it's important for us to look at the name of your company, The Healthy Teacher. Where did that come from? How did you come for that specific focus for your name? Yeah, so, Well, I was raised by two educators, and then I'm from a small town. And in a small town, you're related to everyone, and most everyone is a school teacher. So every female in my family is in the school building today. Um, And so I was able to see the ins and the outs of the life of an educator, and it really taught me that there are a lot of stressors. And then after college, I went into... um, owning a personal training company. We trained educators and we saw that they were coming off anxiety medication. They were lowering other medications. Um, And just by a few simple practices um, by changing habits, daily habits. And so Lauren, my business owner and I, um, we started to look around Google and we're like, is there anything just for educators? And there wasn't. There's um, there's, you know, nutrition for corporations and there's um, health and wellness programs for corporations, but there was nothing targeting just educators. And what really got us thinking about um, the, the field of education is that about 98% of the educators that we worked with were on, like I said, some sort of anxiety medication, which is fine. There's a time and a place for that. Um, but the red flag was that they were not on the medication prior to being a teacher. So we knew that there was something there, there's something missing, and that this group of people needed um, individualized attention. So we created the healthy teacher. We were seeing teachers become more healthy, and we designed a program to make it happen for everyone in America. So you so you kind of had some data. You had some experience from your personal training. Yes. Um, to see that it does have an impact on teachers. So for all of us, health and wellness should be a focus. But unfortunately, uh, some of us are not as uh, good with our time management. But for for you, it's a lifestyle. So um, talk to Alicia, like like what led you down this path? Like what, why is health so important to you? Yeah. So when I was 16, um, I said both my family, both my parents are educators. So my mom was um, building a charter school. And uh, my dad was a middle school guidance counselor. And uh, my mom, I saw her come home and she'd just be so tired. And so she would hop in the bed and rest. And my dad would come home and he would work out his restlessness by doing more things. And um, now as an adult, I look back and I see how they were both 
battling with the, the mental stressors, the physical stressors of everyday life that we all battle with, but they didn't have tools to, to know how to combat those things. And um, my dad, he was doing laundry, and one day he said, um, you guys just aren't going to know what to do if I'm not here anymore. And I laughed it off, walked out the door, because you think nothing bad can happen to you. And um, two weeks later, um, he, had, had a, he had had a heart attack, um, rushed him to the hospital, and two days later, he was gone. And um, we found out that for the past two to three weeks, he had put off going to refill his prescription to get his blood thinner medication refilled. And he kept telling, we heard from multiple sources that he had told them, I'm going to go this Friday and do it. I'm going to go this Friday and do it. But he kept, like so many of us, especially in education, putting the person that was currently in front of him at that moment first and putting himself on the back burner. And it ultimately led to him not being being here anymore to serve those he was aiming to serve. Um, So... With my experience, you know, personal experience of losing my dad to something that could have been bypassed, um, with my experience of being a personal trainer, owning my own gym, working one-on-one with people, um, I, I thought there's nothing better I can do than offer the world practicalities to live a healthier life. It's, it's just been built. It's in my design. It's, I, I feel like my whole life I've, um, I've enjoyed teaching people things. And I tell people, um, yeah, I'm not an educator. I'm not a teacher, but I do teach. I just teach health and fitness. Right. And I teach it in a different form. It's not in a school building, but it's actually to educators. So I visit school buildings. Awesome. Yeah. So I, to a certain extent, it's in my blood. So you became a teacher. Did, did, did you ever think about becoming a teacher? Or were you a typical teacher's kid that's like, I'll never do that? <laughs> a mix of both. Um, because both my parents were educators, that's all I knew. So I was like, I don't know what else there is. But at the same time, like, I know it's so hard. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. So I ended up minoring in education um, with um, expectations to possibly go back and get my master's as a counselor, a guidance counselor. But right after I graduated college, I went into pageantry. I needed to lose 30 pounds. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I met Lauren. Okay. And um, she had just opened Freedom Fitness, our personal training LLC. And I started working with her and fell in love with just everything about fitness, everything about nutrition. And I really wanted to teach that. And so okay. here we are. So you're able to use it. Yes. And you didn't even see that coming. It's amazing yep. the way things turn out sometimes. I will say my high school portfolio as a senior, it asked, what is your, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I wrote, crazy, I wrote, I want to own my own gym to help people grow physically, mentally, and spiritually. Look and at that. It, you had no yeah, idea. No idea. That's great. So one thing we've talked about on here is being self-aware mm-hmm. and starting to learn what are some of the feelings, what are some of the sources that cause your stress so that you can address it before it really gets too much in the moment. So what are some of the strategies maybe to recognize it? Or what are some of the common stressors that your clients bring as you're interviewing them about their lifestyle? Mm -hmm. What what are some, what are some triggers? What are some feelings that maybe our listeners don't know about to look for in their own body? Yeah. Well, I think three stressors that the educators I've worked with um, talk about are 
Um, they, have str they struggle with time management. I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough energy to do this. And um, I see them trying to control things they can't control. And then a uh, number four, I know we tend to end on three, but there's a fourth. Um, they have a hard time saying no to people. So when they're, when they're in this situation of any, either, four, either one of these four things, some things that you can notice happening in your body when you get in those places are um, your chest will tighten up because you're nervous. Your heart rate may, may speed up, may slow down. Um, your breathing may speed up, may slow down. It's different for every person. Um, but we try to teach them to really recognize, number one, what, what, is your, what is your personal trigger? What is your personal issue? Yeah. Um, if, if yours is, I don't have enough energy, well, let's talk about why. Okay. And figuring out target what, that. Target that, yeah. yes. Um, I think a lot of people try to come in and they say, like, how do we prevent this from happening again? Um, but we try to get to the root issue of it. We see it like if, if I own a pasture, okay, I have a farm, and there's horses on my farm. And I have someone come in and say it, and they're like, you have to get rid of all your horses. So the first thing, I'm, or they say, um, we need to get rid of the horses and we need to build a, a fence around your pasture. Okay, great. So I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is not going to be building the fence because I'm going to be building a fence around the horses. I need to remove the horses and then build a fence. Okay. The horses are our um, personal root issues. Okay. There, you have to remove the root issues before you build a fence around try to protect it. Okay. Yeah. Or else you're just building a fence around it and you're never really solving the problem. And the fence will be hit. It'll be hit by weather. It'll be hit by someone else. It'll be hit by an outside horse trying to get in, you know? So- New root causes. There'll, there'll be new root causes, yeah. So, so how do you talk a client through finding those root causes? Because I think, you know, you said time. You know, a lot of people, a lot of leaders, a lot of teachers, I just don't have time to do it. I'm so busy all the time. So they don't slow down to start thinking about what's causing these issues. So maybe how do you talk a client through, what are some questions you might ask or what are some things you might challenge them to think about as they try to figure out what that root cause? Yeah, so we try to be very patient and show a lot of grace. And the first thing we, we are sure to say is like, number one, there's no judgment. Like we understand that a lot of issues that we're facing today happen when we were children. And we don't even know why we why they're there because we've forgotten. Um, so we're trying to take time and we want them to show themselves grace in those moments and situations. Um, but I think we we asking them questions of like, okay, let's first talk about the, the most recent issue. What happened? Okay. So someone someone did this and it made you feel this way. All right, so what about that person and what they did made you feel that way? And you just get deeper and deeper and deeper till you get to where actually it was nothing to do with the person, nothing to do with the situation. It was all to do with a lie that you believe about yourself. It always comes back to three things, a lie you believe about yourself, other people, or the world around you. And if you can solve those things, then you'll be able to walk through life um, without hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess when I talk to people, I always think about scripts. Like it's almost like you've memorized a script and you're, it seems like you default to it. So whether it's the person, the situation, or something else that, that when you get that trigger, you start telling you, yourself something 
Yes. That's resonating with that reaction. It's not true. It's living right. in your head because you've got all these thoughts that are just memorized. And it's almost like you've memorized the wrong thing. Yes. And so you need to relearn a new script. Yes. Self-talk is super important. How we talk to ourselves is how we're going to act in public, is how we're going to act in private, is how we're going to, um, if we're talking to ourselves that way, we're assuming someone else is talking to themselves the same way. So we think that they're responding because that we think that they're reacting or they're responding in a way that we would have reacted or we would have responded. And we start putting our own self-assumptions or judgments on other people. And that's when things get really twisted really quick. No, that's true. That's, that's a great, I never really thought about it that that way. Um, talk to me a little bit about the connection between physical movement and ex- maybe not even, ex- when we say exercise, we think about going for a run or going to lift weights, but yeah. an exercise could, could be a lot of different physical movements. So talk to me a little bit about that connection between physical movement or exercise and stress and how um, that exercise, that physical movement can help you reduce that stress. Yeah, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been tons of research done on the benefits um, of exercise and how it reduces stress and anxiety. It helps clarity of thought. Um, it, it allows you to get better sleep, um, your energy, your attitude. Um, we have people say their personalities are returning. It, I don't think they're separate. I think they go hand in hand. And that's really hard to prove because there's so many outside factors. Um, but there's so many pieces of research that are hard to look past that are showing such a deep uh, correlation within the emotional state of a person and the physical state of a person. They're so intertwined, so deeply intertwined. I mean, we have people who literally get gut ulcers because of stress. Yeah. And yeah. So when you when you work out, you're getting that blood flow moving. You're getting that cardiovascular system going, and all that does is move the blood through the body, allows um, veins to open up, allows your body to release and then absorb the the goodness. So number one, you're absorbing the chemicals that are natural in your body, but also, like I said, the emotional, the mental. Is hand in hand with it. When you're working out, you're feeling good about yourself. You're you're talking to yourself like I can't believe I did this today. You know, yeah. so your attitude, your personality is also getting fed in that. And when you put those two together, you're a whole new person. Right, right. Yeah, you know that I've I've shared on the podcast before. I've had episodes of uh, memory issues from stress. I, yeah. I yeah. this is a very near and dear series for me because I lived with owning my school for so long, mentally, owning, not physically, but mentally owning everything. I took it as if that was a part of my body, yes, yeah. um, the ulcers, the, I, all of that stuff. So, so it's near and dear um, to me to, to, to really look at this. So um, I find also that uh, controlling things, we can control our own fitness. Yeah. We can control our goals. We can achieve that. Whereas when we're working in a leadership capacity, a lot of times the work's never done. Right. You know, right. so we never see we're oh we're done with that yes. or we accomplished something. But with fitness, we can accomplish something. So I believe it's important to to to, to form small goals. Yes, small things. For Just, sure. If you can be one person, we've shared that in a prior one. If you can be one percent better today than you were yesterday, yes. then you've accomplished something. Yes. So Talk to me a little bit about that. Let's just be better today than we were yesterday. And maybe um, I'm a leader and I'm at a desk all the time. What's some, what's, what's some motion I could do 
to be active at my desk maybe to do that. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. We have this idea that uh, fitness has to be all or nothing. Seven days a week, my nutrition's got to be on point, or I might as well not do it at all. And they never start because that's a huge goal and a huge responsibility. So um, number one, we need to debunk that. That's a myth. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you said, it's just changing the 1%. And getting that 1% down until it is a natural habit that you do every day, and then you change another 1%. I don't even like saying go to 2% because it's not 2 you're back to zero. The 1% became natural. So it's just another 1%. So you're constantly living on the next 1%. Um, and then number, like the second point, what can you do if you're just sitting at a desk? Well, there is research going on right now. I think it's not going to end until like 2026. They're doing this huge study, um, but they're showing some excellent results so far. So they have people working at a desk that are just doing 300 calf raises a day. They're doing 100 um, three different times and it's showing massive benefits to their health. Crazy. crazy. So crazy. Um, never would have a thought, whatever, never would I have thought that calf raises were, would have done something so huge, right? It's just such a small seems muscle, simple. right? Seems it seems so simple. simple. Yeah. And you're not moving your whole body. I'm literally doing it right now. And if I had a table, you wouldn't even know I was doing right, it, I right? It's crazy. So if, whatever you can do that's making you move more than you're currently moving now is a win. If it's fidgeting your fingers, fidget your fingers. Have you ever heard of neat calories? No. Non-exercise um, activity thermogenesis. So basically whatever you're doing on a normal day, whatever you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep naturally, me moving my hands, this is burning calories, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So I'm burning calories just by moving. Right. Um, and we, we overlooked that, but it, it's 25% of our calories. I might be wrong on that. 15 to 25% of our calories are burned through neat calories. Just living. Just living. <laughs> just moving my mouth right now. Right. So if you can fidget, fidget. Um, set a timer. Every hour, get up and take a lap if you can. Some people can't, and that's okay. Fidget, girl. Fidget, boy. Do it. You got it. Um, another thing is... Every time you, you touch a doorknob, speak positive to yourself. Oh, that's great. Every time you touch do a doorknob. How many times do we open doors? Right. So um, I do two things. I, whenever I, I open a doorknob, I remind myself that I'm good, I'm worthy, and I'm enough. And then also, um, an other times, I remind myself, hey, you're present, you're safe, and you are not your emotions, your thoughts, or your actions. That reminds me of like affirmations. Yes. You know, I've shared that a lot, that you need some affirmations to, to tell yourself as you go through. And, 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 and the doorknob example really reminds me of that, that idea of habit stacking. You're going to open that door no matter right. what. So you might as well learn to associate it with some other healthy yes. behavior. Or, um, you know, you're going to go to the bathroom. So why not take a lap around your building or whatever right. when you go to the bathroom or yes. maybe after you go to the bathroom. But anyway, regardless, when yeah. you're going to do it anyway. So try to stack a habit on it. So yeah. that's great. I'd love to talk to you all hour uh, for an hour about exercise. Let's let's transition maybe to some food. Um, I think it's so easy to just grab what's there, yes. and and our bodies are addicted to sugar, and we associate it with all the endorphins that go around. But but maybe there's some simple healthy ways to introduce some keep the food, but introduce it in a healthy way. Maybe some food choices, or maybe some prep ideas. What, what are some strategies that maybe are 
kind of the introductory step. You're not counting macros yet. Yeah. You're just trying to introduce the idea of replacement of unhealthy for some healthy. What are, what are some strategies I could use to get started? Um, I always like to debunk a lie. So the first lie that I want to debunk is that um, there's no such thing as like this super powerful food that's going to change your life. Yes, superfoods are a marketing scam. Um, yes, we have fruits that do great things for our bodies, but if you eat one blueberry, you're not going to turn into power like Superwoman. Uh, you know, yeah, but yeah. that's how they advertise. I was thinking it. blueberries. Yes. Yes, I love blueberries. They're great. But my advice for someone is. Your diet, your fitness, all this, your health has to wrap around your current lifestyle. And everyone's lifestyle is different. So what works best for you right now? Um, can, you, uh, can you eat more protein during your day? If you can, awesome. Protein is fantastic. Protein is, um, has the highest um, thermogenesis agent, which means it burns more calories digesting than any other. Um, it keeps you full for longer, so you're not going to want to eat that Snickers bar. And it also helps you build and sustain muscle, which is super important, especially for when you get older and um, you have muscle loss. So um, protein, super important. If you can up your protein intake, up your protein intake. The next question I would ask them, as they're asking me this, <laughs> is listen, like, what's your body telling you? Do you feel tired? If you feel tired... You need to eat more carbs. Carbs are energy. Are you, um, are, has your hormones been funky? Has, has your attitude been funky? Has your clarity of thought been off? If so, you need fats. Fats help with that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. So each macronutrient has an important job. And consuming them all is very beneficial for our bodies. But I think what's most important is listening to your body. What does your body say it needs? I love that. And then give it that. There's no magical formula That's of what a, food. There's not a magic diet. Right. You got to listen to your body. You yes. just gave us some. So quickly, list a few fats. So we're always taught, you know, oh, fats are awful for you. So talk to me about what is a healthy fat? I don't believe in healthy and unhealthy fats. Okay. Now, there are like um, saturated and unsaturated fats, okay. and they, they have okay. different benefits, right? But I, when we get, that's, that's, that's talking um, macros and uh Macros and micros. So that's that's basically talking the micros of nutrition. It, it doesn't really matter. The, the macros of nutrition, the, the majors of nutrition is getting your fats in. So fats could be cheeses. Fats could be from, um, you know, the fats on your meat that you're eating, um, oils, um, why, nuts. Nuts are good. Fat. A lot of people consider nuts protein. Nuts are more on the fat side. And protein. It's a great one to go for because you get both. But my top three fats are going to be cheese, nuts, and oils, just because they're the easiest to get. Right. Good, good. And that's a quick way to go in. So talking about the healthy teacher, resources you have. So, so I'm the leader of an organization, and I want to take care of myself, but, but I see the impact on all of my employees. So talk to me about the resources you have and kind of transition that into how could I get in touch with you about the healthy teacher and how I could bring that into my organization. Yeah. So um, you can go to thehealthyteacher.com and we have where we can come to your school and present on topics of mental health. Um, I know that a lot of schools have more funding for their students than they do for their teachers. And we love speaking to students about these topics. Um, and we will 
all day love to come and visit and do that. But our main focus are educators. So if you have us come and you don't have the funds for teachers, you can double dip and pay us to come speak to your students. And we'll also speak to your teachers as a bonus. Um, we also have online courses, our well-being course, where we hit on four weeks of basically breaking down what is self-care, let's redefine it, all the way to how do you love yourself into health and not hate yourself into health. Because a lot of us start with the poor with a poor mindset and we end up ending with a poor mindset. So our well-being course is super powerful. And we also have our the Healthy Teacher Program. So that's where we work with schools and districts and we split their staff into teams and they compete for points um, while um, improving their health. So they can do workouts um, for points. We give them their personalized nutrition. We have roadmap to health videos where based off, I think Lauren and I together have about 18,000 hours of personal training experience. Oh, wow. So we took what our clients were asking on a week to week basis and we went ahead and answered those on our roadmap to health videos under the topics of nutrition, fitness and mental health. We put that in there. We have a fast food guide. We understand fast food is going to be a part of our lives. We don't want people to feel shame or guilt. We want to teach them how to make the best choice with what they have. Right. So we have those. Um, and then we also have on the program daily investment questions where it helps them know where to put their focus on a day-to-day -day basis. So that way they're not jumping from zero to 100. They're going from one to two to three and really building new habits. All of that is the Healthy Teacher program. It's our games and competitions. Okay. So those are our three things. Meet in person and present. Meet online and do our well-being course or do our Healthy Teacher games. That's great. And you know, we love, we always love competition. Yes. Competition brings out um, sometimes the best in us, but it definitely <laughs> encourages, you know, that, but, but having some kind of accountability partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's important in all of this conversation too. Yes. So it's thehealthyteacher.com. Yes. And they can find all of your contact information there. We'll also put it in the show notes so that you can look on there and we'll have the links to everything there um, to go through. But I think this is a great way to start. Um, I think, you know, everything you've talked about from the thoughts we have and talk about with the doorknob and changing those thoughts to um, listening to your body on what foods you might need right. to calf raises and small incremental growth in the yes. physical. All of that comes together. And, and, and when we see that change, we always feel better about ourselves. Yes. So um, I appreciate you being with us today and spending some time. Uh, Reagan McCullough with The Healthy Teacher. Please go visit their website. Um, the videos are fantastic. Um, we are at the Institute are about to embark on a competition. Um, found out today I'm on the red team. Um, go red team. So um, just thank you for all of those ideas. And uh, we'll be wrapping up this series in the next couple of weeks uh, before the Christmas break. Uh, and then we'll come back in January and we'll have a series called the um, Leading with Your Heart. And we'll have some leaders in here. We've already started interviewing and recording some of that. And I think you're going to love those guests. But um, thank you, Reagan, for being with us. And as you're going forward, please make sure you take care of yourself and take care of your team. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Erskine Charters, we'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.